0: the one element that could make or break the New Orleans Saints 2022 season regardless of their on-field personnel. We got all that and a little bit of land for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into this Tuesday episode of Locked on Saints, your daily podcast covering the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks as always, making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget that we are free and available on all platforms, including on YouTube as well. And I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter every day over at USA Today's Saints Wire Tuesdays on Locked on NFL on every Monday through Friday here on Locked On Saints. And in today's episode, I want to break down what it is that is the single element that could make or break the New Orleans Saints season in 2022, despite all of the fantastic Personnel additions that they've made over the course of this offseason. So we'll start off with a wider focus and then we'll focus in on one of those big question marks and how that impacts the Saints going into next year. Then we're going to wrap up with a quick look at how some of the national media is perceiving the New Orleans Saints. One big time personality looking at the New Orleans Saints as a playoff team. In 2022. But in order for them to get there, the Saints have made a lot of strides over the course of this offseason, right? They had a lot of questions to answer. There was $70 million over the salary cap. They had a new head coaching search. Are they going to be able to fill the roster spots of outgoing free agents like Marcus Williams and Teron Armstead? So far, the Saints have been able to answer most of those questions with, at the very least, a very optimistic perhaps, right? When it comes to filling in for Teron Armstead, maybe that's the last big question mark for them. But otherwise, with additions like Chris Olave and Marcus May and Tyron Matthew and Jarvis Landry, they've answered a lot of the questions that are there. But there's one question that remains that could impact greatly their ability to be successful in the 2022 season. and It has nothing to do with personnel. Instead, it has everything to do with play calling. Play calling is going to be the big X factor for the New Orleans Saints in 2022. So remember, your play callers this year going into this season are going to be Pete Carmichael full time on the offensive side and still Dennis Allen, as we expect for at least at this moment, as we expect, even though he's taken over head coaching responsibilities, it seems he still wants defensive play calling responsibilities, so not too much to change over on the defensive side. But there are big question marks surrounding all this. Now, I will say on top of playmaking, on top of play calling, excuse me, there is playmaking. making, right? The, the, the personnel that you put on the field has to be able to execute. That goes for every team across the NFL. That's nothing special. But now things are very different in New Orleans in terms of play calling for the first time in, let's say, at least the last, what, seven years since Dennis Allen took over as the primary play caller over on the defensive side partway through that season. So when we look at the Saints and what it is that they're going to have to be able to prove early on in the season... It's the cohesion of the units, but also the cohesion between the coaching staff and their ability to communicate and make the right play calls for the talent that they have on the field. You have less time with pads on practice. You have less time for practice. You have fewer preseason games. That means that early on in the season, some of these things might be a little bit more loose than we're used to seeing, but how quickly can they button them up? How quickly can they tighten up? Those are going to be big time factors. So let's look at both the offense and the defensive side. We'll start with the defensive side because that maybe is where you're going to see the most cohesion, but there's just some interesting changes there that are going to be really interesting to see. That's why they're interesting changes. So we know that Dennis Allen wants to retain play calling responsibility. So the expectation there is to kind of sit back and say, okay, the defense is good, but now Dennis Allen has a lot more responsibility and there are two defensive coordinators that are going to be there as well with input. Make no mistake about it. They will have input, Chris Richard, as well as Uh, Ryan Nielsen, so your secondary coach and your defensive line coach, respectively. Chris Richard does a lot of the red zone play calling. He has a lot of input there in terms of situational play calling. So expect there to be some communication between he and Dennis Allen in terms of what those play calls look like and how that could potentially impact that area of the game altogether. Dennis Allen's wider focus now around the team may mean good things for the offense, but does it distract too much from the defensive side? I think this is Dennis Allen's baby, right? Dennis Allen has sort of raised this defense to be the grown man defense that it finally is, this top five scoring defense that we've seen over the course of the last two years, and that makes a big impact. So I expect you're not going to see too much drop off over on the defensive side, especially with the communication between Chris Richard, Ryan Nielsen, and Dennis Allen being nothing new. They're still familiar with each other. They still will have sort of the split focus of defensive line slash front seven and secondary while Dennis Allen is looking over everything else. The biggest thing is just going to be, does the game planning leading to the play calling end up taking off a hit because of the fact that Dennis Allen is now in charge of so much? And I think that's a reasonable question. And I think we just kind of have to see where things go for Dennis Allen and the Saints in order to be able to see all of that come to fruition. Now, Dennis Allen knows what works in this defense. And the other big piece that's going to be maybe a bit of a factor here is how versatile the secondary is. Does that make things more Convoluted or does that make things simpler for Dennis Allen? Because you can have Marcus May play in the box or a deep safety role. You can have uh Tyron Matthew play in the box or in the slot or as a split safety or even a, in, a, in a deep safety role. Some other some of those things you can also do with PJ Williams and CJ Garner Johnson. So does the versatility of the secondary end up making things a little bit easier for Dennis Allen in terms of those play calls? Because effectively he's going to be able to have sort of these puzzle pieces, these chess pieces that he can move around and that he can make play calls specifically with that in mind, which might keep him a little bit more ingrained into what the breadth of the defense needs to be. Can he kind of breathe with that defense and make the play calls that are right on those same situations? One of the things that I've always loved about Dennis Allen's play calling is how aggressive he is on third down. He'll send blitzes. He'll send the house. He will sell out to make sure that he gets pressure on the quarterback. He will run stunts. He will do it all to make sure that you can get after the quarterback on an obvious passing situation like a third and medium or a third and long. I wouldn't expect that to change, especially now that you have so many experienced blitzers in the secondary with PJ Williams and CJ Garner-Johnson and Tyron Matthew, and even to an extent, Marshall Lattimore and Paulson Adebo have been asked to do that as well, as well as the, the great work that they do in run support. Maybe Elante Taylor gets involved in that as well with his sprinting speed. So there's a lot of different ways for Dennis Allen to be able to maximize the skill sets of his secondary and the way that that, in terms of the symbiotic relationship between secondary and pass rush, ends up benefiting the front seven, front six a lot of times for the New Orleans Saints as well. So Dennis Allen's got a lot of new toys, he's got a lot of new pieces, and he has a lot of aggression. Those things should be able to come together nicely, but if they don't, you're going to see blown coverages. You're going to see missed opportunities on the quarterback, things like that, that could end up kind of rearing back and biting them in the rear end. So be careful around all of that. So we'll see how that all pans out. But there's one specific piece. It's Dennis Allen's aggressiveness that makes me very comfortable when it comes to the defensive side and his aggression should be end up having a positive impact over on the offensive side as well. Pete Carmichael is going to be calling the plays here. Let's break all of that down as we continue on and how Dennis Allen's aggression impacts Pete Carmichael and the New Orleans Saints offense. We got that coming up for you as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. But before we get to that, I'm going to remind you about a story I said in yesterday's podcast, having to replace side view mirror glass, which is super easy to replace on your own. But that they're going to charge you like crazy for for the parts and labor at the let's just call them the name brand store around the corner. That's why Rock Auto is here. Rock Auto helps you out by making sure that you're not paying a ton of money for a bunch of stuff that should be easy to get a hold of, right? That should be cheap in terms of parts, and in some cases actually provides you the opportunity to do the labor yourself when you can find like all these YouTube tutorials and everything. Now, don't ask me to change out an engine or change out a carburetor or anything like that. But if you want me to change out Side view glass mirror or mirror glass, I would be happy to do that on my own. I don't need to go and pay somebody hundreds and hundreds of dollars to get it done. I can buy the part for nothing over at Rock Auto because you're going to be able to find all the parts for whatever car, truck, vehicle, whatever it is that you're driving at 30, 50, sometimes 70% uh, off in terms of what you would find over at those stores around the corner and be able to replace it on my own when it's super nice and super easy and especially when it's, the weather's still pretty nice outside. So go check them out, Rock Auto dot com extensive collection everything you need for your car truck or vehicle don't forget to let them know that locked on since you were right and locked on in the how'd you hear about a section amazing selection reliably low prices and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Thanks, as always, for making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't miss out on our incredible Locked on Sports Today podcast. All the biggest stories around the sporting world that you need to hear in less than 20 minutes every single Monday through Friday. You get everything from instant reactions to big time game recaps and, of course, the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Jumping into the offensive side now, play calling, massive implications for the 2022 NFL season for the New Orleans Saints, make or break stuff when it comes to play calling. No more Sean Payton on the offensive side called on all of your plays. Does that mean that this team gets less aggressive? Maybe not. And a big part of that is Dennis Allen. Dennis Allen's aggression over on the defensive side, which we just kind of highlighted, his wants to get pressure on the quarterback on third down to send those blitzes to blitz from the secondary to kind of sell out to get pressure on the quarterback on those obvious passing downs that aggressiveness that aggression doesn't stop on the defensive side I don't believe for Dennis Allen that makes me wonder if you're still going to see them go for it on fourth down can we actually see this team convert a second you know a a two-point conversion this season I think it's been something like 12 to 13 or something like that two-point conversions that they've tried and haven't been able to convert? Will they finally be able to in 2022? I don't think it's going to be for lack of trying. If they don't, that's for sure, because Dennis Allen's aggression should permeate over to the offensive side, and that's going to impact some of the situational play calls that are being made. I'm not saying that Dennis Allen is calling plays on the offensive side. That's Pete Carmichael, and we're going to look at some of uh, kind of Pete Carmichael's resume here in a moment, but when it comes down to, yes, we're going for it, that's something that Dennis Allen is going to be able to chime in on and say, Pete, call the play, as opposed to Darren Rizzi sending that, that special teams unit out, right? So I think that that is something that ends up, I think, benefiting the New Orleans States. You have to be aggressive in today's NFL, and you have to be able to take advantage of other teams' aggression. And sometimes you can do that on a fourth and short, right? When you see a defense that's aggressive out in front of you, that's a great time to go for it on a fourth and short and run a little play-action, quick-pass kind of situation or move the pocket or whatever. There's a lot of opportunities for you to be able to do that in today's NFL. So you have to be an aggressive team. You cannot be a team that sits back and waits for things to come to them, especially over on the offensive side. So with that being the case, where does Pete Carmichael fit in as a full-time play caller? Let's remember, we haven't not seen this before. This isn't brand new. First of all, Pete Carmichael has probably called more plays over the course of the last 15 years, or let's say over the last the course of the last I don't know, 12 years or so, right? That then we realize that's, that's probably the truth of the matter, right? There's a lot of times where he's calling plays and things like that. And we just don't know it. We just assume that it's Sean Payton and things like that. But really, they've shared some play calling responsibilities. He's made some play calls and everything like that and called plays, called games during the preseason. But don't forget that he also called the entirety of the 2012 NFL season for the New Orleans Saints when Sean Payton was suspended for that year. During that time, the New Orleans Saints put up the third most points scored the second most yards gained and uh, total total yards gained and in terms of the passing game second most pass attempts in the NFL that season with 671 um uh 4997 passing yards which is first in the NFL and 43 passing touchdowns which is also first in the NFL now let's not forget that that was with Drew Brees who by the way also threw 19 interceptions that season the Saints threw the fourth most interceptions that season so Just a reminder that interceptions don't always make or break a season sometimes. Just something to consider. But yes, Drew Brees was a part of that offense. The Saints had a great team during all that. I know. I completely understand. All I'm saying is that Pete Carmichael knows how to utilize weapons. Tell me the New Orleans Saints don't have weapons right now. You can't. (laughs) You can't. You can't. You can't. You can't do it right? The New Orleans Saints have weapons. They've got weapons. So this is the perfect time for a guy like Pete Carmichael to take over play calling. Last year, maybe not. Maybe that wouldn't have been as advantageous, but it's pretty advantageous this season because now instead of you having to utilize the scheme to elevate the talent, there's talent to complement the scheme. And Pete Carmichael was a huge part of building that scheme ever since he took over as offensive coordinator, what, in 2009, 2008? After Doug Marone uh, was the offensive coordinator for a couple of years. So he has helped to build this offense right alongside guys like Joe Lombardi, right alongside guys like Drew Brees and Sean Payton, none of which are in the building anymore. Meaning that Pete Carmichael is the last guy, right? He's the last guy in terms of how to build and, and run this offense. One more thing that I'll take a look at here when it comes to Pete Carmichael is that it wasn't just the 2012 season. Don't forget that he also called the last uh, what most of the games in 2011 because, unfortunately, during the what was it the October like 16th game? Yeah, the Tampa Buccaneers game where the Saints lost. They were four and two after that game. Um, Sean Payton had a sideline collision tore his ACL. I had to go up to the booth for the rest of the games. So then the very first game that was full time, Pete Carmichael. Call and plays in 2011. That was against the Indianapolis Colts, a game that you might remember being a 62-7 blowout. (laughs) So this was still a team in 2011, which, by the way, held the record for the most passing yards or the most yards gained in a single season. 7,474 yards, number one. And a lot of that season was Pete Carmichael. Now, again, he had weapons at his disposal. Drew Brees was the quarterback. He was throwing to players like, um, well, first of all, he had a great running back stable. Jeez, Mark Ingram, Pierre Thomas, uh, Darren Sproles, Chris Ivory. I mean, everybody uh, in the run game. Wow, I really did not do a good job putting that sentence together. Everybody in the run game did a huge Uh, had a ton of responsibility in that one. But he also had 1,310 receiving yards by Jimmy Graham, the tight end, 1,100 yards by uh, Marcus Colson, 700 yards from Darren Sproles. But if you can get those numbers or close to those numbers with guys like Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, and Alvin Kamara, then you're pretty happy with that, right? Like That's not unachievable by any means. And then if Jarvis Landry can end up, actually give Jarvis Landry the 710 yards, bump Alvin Kamara down a little bit, give him the 600 yards that you got from Lance Moore and Robert Meacham that season, right? I'm not saying that the New Orleans Saints are about to go out there and throw for 7,500 yards or put up 7,500 total yards on offense in 2022 just because Pete Carmichael's calling the plays. But let's not pretend like Pete Carmichael hasn't made this happen before. That's my thing. And with the aggression, the aggressiveness of Dennis Allen's play calling on the defensive side, that should mean You're not about to drop off in terms of the aggression that you're used to seeing over in the offensive side with a similar system and play caller in line as Sean Payton. So that's all. That's it. Uh, There's a lot that can go wrong too, right? I don't want to just sugarcoat this and say that they're going to be fine. These guys are the greatest play callers in the world. There's a lot that can go wrong. But that's why this element here, play calling, is the make or break element that has nothing to do with on-field personnel in terms of the player, in terms of the roster personnel for the 2022 season for the New Orleans Saints. We'll see how they're able to make it happen. Now, a lot of people maybe don't believe in the New Orleans Saints, but there are a lot that do. Peter King, one of the top guys when it comes to like national media persona, believes the New Orleans Saints to be a top 12, top 15 team, meaning a top playoff team in this year's NFL. We'll talk about that ranking and where they've ranked in some other metrics as well as we continue on to wrap up today's episode of Locked on Saints. But first, it's the brownie batter built bar. I have had several people reach out to me and say, Ross, I got my brownie batter built bar and you were not wrong. you dang right I wasn't wrong. I told you I wasn't lying. These things are outstanding. They're incredible. I want to eat them all the time. It's a little bit of a problem. So buy them so that I don't. Go and check out Built.com today. The Brownie Batter Puff Built Bar, I'm telling you, is the best tasting protein bar you're ever going to try out. Yes, I said that. Best tasting protein bar. You can have that now, thanks to Built Bar. You can have a protein bar that gives you all the protein that you need to get through your day and all the flavor that you need to make sure that you're actually like enjoying taking care of yourself for a change. How about that? So go and check them out, Built.com where you can get the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, 17, 18 grams of protein, four or five grams of sugar, nine grams of sugar or so in the, in the puff bars, right, because it's all marshmallow, but it's a protein-infused marshmallow. You don't get that anywhere else. Oh, I can't get enough of these. Go check it out. Built.com. Use the promo code LOCK15. Get 15% off on your next order, no matter if it's your first or your next. That's 15% off with the promo code LOCK15 at Built.com. let's get it. Huda Nation wrapping up today's episode of Locked on Saints with a quick national outlook on where the New Orleans Saints are expected to be in 2022. And I want to start off with Peter King from over at Pro Football Talk, NBC Sports, all that, because he's one of the top guys when it comes to NFL conversation from a national perspective. And he's putting some respect on the New Orleans Saints name. The New Orleans Saints, of course, finished last season, 2021, with a 9-8 and record just outside of the playoffs. One... Los Angeles Rams went away from getting into the playoffs, but unfortunately, Matt Stafford and the Rams could not get that done. But they did get it done in the playoff, in the Super Bowl, which is all that really matters for them. Just didn't help the New Orleans Saints out on the way. So usually, I like to play clips when I have things like this, but there's not really a clip to play. So I'm just going to read a couple of little things that uh, Peter King said about the New Orleans Saints. He mentions that he thinks he says, "Strange that I like the New Orleans Saints to perhaps be a win better in 2022 than in 2021." So he's kind of covertly giving you the win-loss ranking there of 10 and 7, right? He ranks the New Orleans Saints as 11th in the NFL in terms of like these preseason rankings. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are 6, the New Orleans Saints 11, and in case you're curious about where the Atlanta Falcons and the Carolina Panthers are, the Atlanta Falcons at 30 and the Carolina Panthers at 31, so well out of the way there. So one of the things that he mentions here is that he... Remembers Jameis Winston kind of pledging allegiance to Sean Payton the offseason that he joined. And I want to quickly just revisit that comment that Jameis Winston made. I believe that this is in reference to the Jameis Winston um kind of like, I'm ready to excited to join the New Orleans Saints, uh Harvard of quarterbacking is what he called it. And he kind of reiterated those thoughts last season. But each time that he reiterates those thoughts, let's not forget that not only has he mentioned Sean Payton in those comments. He's also mentioned, of course, Drew Brees at the time, Joe Lombardi, when he had joined the team, but he's also always mentioned Pete Carmichael as an architect in that system as well. And that's who's going to be calling the plays for him in 2022. We just kind of broke that down in terms of the the track record or the resume for Pete Carmichael as a play caller. Uh, Peter King goes on to say that someone told him the Saints, basically, will miss Sean Payton more than people think. Let's be clear everyone knows that the saints are going to miss Sean Payton. He's one of the greatest co- coaches, NFL coaches of today's era. He's an absolute genius when it comes to creating and architecting an offense that can blend and evolve and change and rearrange week in and week out, let alone season in and season out. Right. So chill, like, and that's not Peter King saying that that's somebody telling him that, right? Like, the New Orleans Saints know they're going to miss Sean Payton. People know that the New Orleans Saints are going to miss Sean Payton. There's no doubt about that, but it doesn't mean that they can't still be successful in 2022. And what's one of the things that will make them successful in 2022? Interestingly enough, not the defense, according to to Peter King. That's not to say that the defense won't be a thing that makes them successful. Obviously, it's made them successful in the last couple of seasons and will again in 2022. But Here's what Pete Car I keep wanting to I keep mixing up Peter King and Pete Carmichael, sorry. Here's what Peter King says will help the New Orleans Saints be successful in 2022. And just think about this and think back to oh, I don't know. Let's say March. Just think about this from maybe where you were looking at the New Orleans Saints in March. How many teams can line up in a three receiver set with a potential explosiveness Of Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, and Chris Olave. Not many. Jameis Winston will have a playoff receiving core to lean on every week. Okay, come on back to May. (laughs) How wild is the transformation of the New Orleans Saints offense? Like, really think about that. Really, really think about that. Coming out of last season in 2021, where they had so many injuries on the offensive line, then they get, and you you never had Michael Thomas. Then you had so many injuries on the offensive line. Then you come into the offseason, you lose Teron Armstead, but then you draft Trevor Penning. You feel pretty good about what James Hurst can give you there. You've got some competition now to replace Teron Armstead over at left tackle. Might never be Teron Armstead level. Might be hard to find Teron, Teron Armstead level, but can you get a serviceable left tackle? All of a sudden, yes, you can. You went from... Deontay Hardy and Marquez Calloway, who performed actually pretty well and developed all throughout the 2022 season. It was just unfortunate that Hardy had the suspension toward the end of the season when he was really starting to click. And then you've got, you had what? Kevin White and and, and Traquan Smith and Kenny Stills. Do you remember that Chris Hogan was on the roster last year? Big number 80, who had some great blocking moments. Don't get me wrong. But Chris Hogan was on the roster last year, right? Now all of a sudden we're talking about Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry and Chris Olave. They're all coming in. You've got some promising undrafted free agents. You have some promising guys that were starters last year in Deontay Hardy and Marquez Callaway who can have roles specifically carved out for them to operate and impact at their most productive roles. Going into 2022. Oh, and you also have Alvin Kamara. I mean, what a wild turnaround for the New Orleans Saints offense, and they're all the better for it. Now, not every Analysts is as positive about the New Orleans Saints as Peter King and uh, Dan Orlovsky, right? You look at guys like Ross Tucker, who believe that they're going to miss the playoffs in 2022. You look at um, you know, some of the other analysts that have, that have projected them as having, I saw somebody project them as having like six wins in 2022. I don't think it's going to be that desperate in New Orleans, barring you know another big injury or something like that. But you can see already, one of the reasons why the New Orleans Saints, according to Vegas, is around like that seven to nine win total. Is because no one knows what to do with them. Nobody knows what to do with them. And that's a good place for the New Orleans Saints to be. Because now they can just focus on overcoming and overproducing when it comes to the odds, right? They are now in an opportunity here to where they can very easily operate above expectation. And if they can finish here this season, 10 and 7, I've got them at 12 and 5. But if they finish at 10 and 7, and I might be a little biased, of course, because I cover the team and close to the team. I'm excited about what the team's doing, all that. But if they can finish the season at 10 and 7, as Peter King effectively has projected here, they're in a really, really good place. Really, really good place. And, and, and to just think at this point, May 23rd, as I record this, 24th, as you're probably watching this, that the Saints offense will be the thing <laughs> that lifts their projections going into 2022. Pretty incredible work by this New Orleans Saints front office in terms of what they've been able to do, especially starting this offseason. 70 million dollars over the salary cap when they were 100 million dollars over the salary cap before as we mentioned they built in mechanisms knowing that that was going to happen and that they can restructure contracts and all that stuff but wow just wow phenomenal work so we'll see we'll see whether New Orleans Saints end up a play calling of course is going to be a big part of it okay Coming up tomorrow, it's a Wednesday, so we're going to dive more into midweek fundamentals. Last week, we broke down wide receiver route trees and running routes and what it is that's going to make the New Orleans Saints better there. Now, let's look at the deep safety conversation for the New Orleans Saints. Marcus May, Tyron Matthew, who's it going to be and why is this so important to the New Orleans Saints defense? We'll dig in, we'll get into the nitty gritty in tomorrow's midweek fundamentals episode of Locked On Saints. I appreciate you as always for making us your first listen of the day, every day for your second listen. Go and check out Locked On NFL, giving you all the news you need around the league in less than 30 minutes. Don't forget Locked On Pelicans as well. I appreciate you as always for making me a part of your day for everything that you need in between these episodes until I see you tomorrow. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up, let me know how the family's doing, let me know how you're living, let me know how your mom and them, and trust you that nation. I'll holler at you.